Hello and welcome to my podcast, Just For Today. I am Steph Granger, therapeutic mentor, and I am delighted that you are here. My intention for the Just For Today podcast is to inspire, empower, share my knowledge, tools and techniques, as well as what some may call my wisdom to help you navigate this crazy thing called life. Each episode, I will dig into the lessons I have learned, either through client work or personal experiences, or sometimes both. And most importantly, share tangible tools for you to take away in order for you to truly live in the present just for today. So let's not waste any more time and get into the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Episode two. So In the last episode, I got open and vulnerable with you. I believe vulnerability is a strength. I really do. And when we get vulnerable, we learn and grow from it. I know vulnerability is something most people shy away from. And not going to lie, I probably would have been one of those people as well until I started digging into the power of language and what words mean and... The meaning, you know, the way that I use words are completely different to how you use words. And I guess this was, the interest was sparked by my training into NLP. So I thought I would explain today a little bit about my training. Lots of you that are listening know me and know the work that I do, but you may not be aware of how I do the work or the way in which I do the work. And some of you may not know at all. And you just have been told to listen to this podcast and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you stay. That's my intention. So I consider myself a therapeutic mentor and I've been supporting women in the main since 2010. I came into the world um, of self-employment business owner as a doula. So for those of you that don't know what a doula is, it's a female birth companion. And I have had the absolute privilege to support over 50 women and their partners, if there's a partner present, in the transition into motherhood. Um, so I've seen lots of babies come into the world in many different ways. And being a doula was my gateway to the work I do today. Everything I do still today is still very much from a position of doulaing. I'm still walking beside women as they make the changes they desire in their lives to live an aligned and a life that's much more congruent to how they want to be. So whilst I may not be in the area of childbirth anymore, it's still, without sounding too cheesy, very much about that woman rebirth and stepping into all that she is and all that she desires to be. So I do this, and specifically the work I do now, current day, by using a really powerful set of life-transforming interventions and techniques. And that allows me to understand break down and resolve the things that we think, the things that we do, and the things that we say in order to change perception and ultimately improve my client's life to and to support them to live the life they desire. So, you know, the tools of my trade, as I say, are NLP and hypnotherapy. And most of you will know what hypnotherapy is in some form, um, but many of you won't understand what NLP is. And that stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. This was one of those moments in my life where you learn something. You don't know why you've signed up for a course. You just know that you're drawn to what that course offers. And you have so many light bulb moments. I'm sure you've all experienced that where you're just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And that's what happened to me when I was um, training in NLP, 
right back in the day. So neuro is what we think about ourselves, others, and the world around us. Linguistic is what we say to ourselves and others. And programming is the things we do, which includes the habits and the behaviors that we have. And hypnotherapy, a form of therapy that uses the power of suggestion to encourage positive change. So um, as a hypnotherapist, I use um, relaxation techniques to help my clients reach a state where the conscious part of their mind, which is the analytical part, is relaxed. And then the unconscious part of the mind, which I like to call the lifetime storage facility, is much more open to suggestion, which in turn will help and encourage the changes that my clients are looking for. I combine NLP and hypnotherapy with with solution-focused questions that I ask my clients. And that allows me to really understand my clients and help them understand themselves better. And as I've said, help them make the changes that they desire in their life. So NLP, as I say, was a total game changer for me. One of my therapists and current therapist is an NLP practitioner. um, And it really helps me to understand myself better um, and move through the world in a much more aligned way. So I guess I wanted to share that with you for those of you that don't know me or haven't ever worked with me. And just um, I was talking with a new client this morning about the work I do. Nothing I do is prescribed. Nothing I do is set to a we do this and then we do that and then we do this and then we do that. It's all very much feeling my way through with my client to come to the best solutions for her. And I liken myself quite regularly to a Sherpa. If you don't know what a Sherpa is, you can go off, go off and Google that. I'll give you a very brief description. But it's a well-versed person that helps others that are climbing mountains and going out on trails that are not the kind of the normal pathways. It's helping them understand and find their way through untrodden territory, I guess. I'm probably not doing that description any justice whatsoever, but there you go off you Google if you need to know more about that. But how I see my role as a Sherpa is that I walk beside my clients in uncharted territory to help them keep going. Because you know what it's like. Sometimes you get the urge to turn back if you are walking along and you go, oh, I don't think this is the right way. We should turn around. We should definitely turn around. Remember the days before Satnav? Do you remember those days? And you'd be like, I really don't know where I am. Maybe we should turn around. I'm there to go, no, don't turn around. We're on the right path. It feels the right path. I know this is the right path. Just keep going. Trust me, keep going. And we are going to get where you want to go to. But there may be a few bumps along the way. There may be a few ditches that we have to jump over. There may be a slight U-turn we have to make and go in a slightly different direction. But trust me, I have very sturdy footwear. I have been there. I've walked those pathways. I have handed myself over to Sherpas that I know that I trust will get me through the next phase in my journey. I'm using a lot of metaphors here. I love a metaphor. Do you like a metaphor? I work very visually. Most of my clients know that I will use friends metaphors in most sessions or I'll reference movies that I've seen in order to explain how I see something. Um, So I'm an extremely visual person, but Yes. So I consider myself a Sherpa with the women that I walk beside in many capacities with the same desire to find their way into the next phase of their lives. 
So I guess today I wanted to talk to you about beliefs and behaviors and you know habits and have you ever wondered where they come from? Because we do the things that we do for a reason, you know, and, and if we can understand why we do the things that we do, we can then look at how we're going to change them if they're not helping us anymore. So if we start by looking at how we form our beliefs, which then lead to behaviours, research has shown us that in the first seven years of a child's life, a whole chunk of core beliefs and behaviours are formed. Now, I'm going to just go sidetrack here a little bit. Again, here comes my my movie metaphor. If you haven't seen the Pixar movie, I think it's Pixar, Inside Out, go and watch this. This was part of my um, course training when I first trained as an NLP practitioner. And I regularly get my clients to watch this. It beautifully shows you how beliefs and, th- and behaviours are created and why we, respect, what, why we respond to the way that we do in certain things. So getting back to the point, those early years are extremely formative. You know, we're like little sponges that are taking in things that are going on all around us from people that we care about, people that have a position of influence. And again, this is parents, caregivers, guardians, grandparents, older siblings, teachers, family, friends, group leaders, basically anybody that's in a position of influence in in a child's life. And we look up to them both physically and metaphorically. So this is more commonly known as conditioning. Now, children also say that we're like little sponges and we can we're continuously noticing and absorbing behaviors of those around us and the way that those people are functioning in the world. So as you're listening to this, I want you to just think for a moment of a belief that you hold strongly. Now, this could be either working for you in many cases or in others, it could be really unhelpful for you in your life. And you'll know that this is a strongly held belief because when somebody does something to question that or, or compromise that belief, you will resist and you will stand firm. And in some cases, you may find it really difficult to see a world without that belief in it. Um, and maybe you can't even understand why everybody doesn't believe what you believe. Why does everyone feel this way? Like surely everything should feel, everyone should feel the same way about this. I'm going to use a personal example here. And that is timekeeping. As you're listening to me speak, you can apply this to any one of your beliefs that you hold true. So if you've been taught, and that can either be communicated to you or displayed in repetitive behavior or both, from an early age, that being late to something is completely and wholly unacceptable. This is my dad's voice you can hear right here. It's disrespectful if you show up late for an event, for school, for work or anything like that. Like it is totally disrespectful. Again, you can hear my dad's voice here, right? It's going to show up for you in your present day life by you feeling extremely uncomfortable if you are running late. So if you're stuck in traffic and that was completely unavoidable and you're supposed to be somewhere and you aren't going to get there in time, you may notice that you have this horrible, uncomfortable feeling in your body that goes into your mind. Even though it was unavoidable and it wasn't your fault and you planned ahead as much as you could, it's going to feel very uncomfortable. Now, my dad ground this in to me and my brother and my sister. The, you just don't be late. In fact, 
we are the family that get to the airport four hours early, just in case the Dartford Tunnel is closed if we're going to Gatwick, just in case there's traffic, just in case, just in case, just in case. So we do get there early. We are in the departure lounge generally three hours before. And in my father's words, now we can relax and we can have a nice meal and we can have a moosey around. But as soon as that gate number comes up, we're going to be at the gate as well. So (laughs) now personally, this doesn't affect my life in a negative way. I like that I am this way. It's something I won't ever want to change. So I won't be working on that because it's a belief that I hold dear to me. I also know that if that if I'm with somebody that is notorious at being late, I have to work on my own dialogue because that's their story. It's not mine. Now, you know, Grange will probably be listening to this, my husband, um, and his, let's just say his family aren't the best timekeepers in comparison to mine. And I've had to work on that to not take it personally because remember that noise in my head, it's disrespectful if you show up late. I've had to work on not getting offended when members of his family are late because it's nothing to do with me, actually. It's a difference of beliefs and behaviours. So it's nothing to do with me at all. Because you know what? Beliefs are not set in stone. They aren't fact and you're not born with them. You're just not. The only thing that we are born with as human beings, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the fear of being on our own. And what I mean by that is if you've had a baby and you've got them close and you've rocked them to sleep and they're fast asleep and you lay them down, what, 20 seconds, eyes wide open, where are you crying? Because as human babies are born, they're born in the same way that cave babies were born with an innate fear of being left alone because of the danger that that perceives to. So our babies are born cave babies, even though we have evolved considerably since we were in the caves. So that is why babies wake up, why they don't like being put down, why they need you close, because they feel completely vulnerable and unsafe. To my knowledge, that's the only beliefs that we are born with. So a belief is simply a repeated statement or behaviour that we've witnessed and heard over a regular and reoccurring period of time to the point that we form that belief as our own. We didn't make a conscious decision to do it. It was an un conscious choice. So coming back to the point of, you know, many of our beliefs and behaviours are formed from an early age, we go through life many years living by and reinforcing those beliefs. So when we know this, so knowledge is power, when we know this, we can become aware of the beliefs that are holding us back and why they're preventing us from achieving our goals, we can start doing something differently because these are not set in stone. And that we actually chose to adopt them, albeit unconsciously and from a very early age in many cases. But with that knowledge, we can also make the choice to unadopt them at any time in our life if they're not helping us back. So I would ask you now to think about the beliefs that you have in your life that are currently holding you back and start to ponder on the origin of them. Where do you think they came from? Whose voice do you hear in your head when you're holding firm on one of your beliefs? But you know, the good news is as well, we don't have to be aware of where they originated from. You don't have to know where or why you behave in a certain way in order to create change because knowledge is power. Once you recognize that these beliefs and behaviors aren't serving you any longer or helping you to move forward in your life in a way that you desire, you can have the conscious desire for change 
and I will talk about conscious desire for change on another episode. But just for today, I want you to start by getting curious as to how your life would look if you believed things to be different or you behaved in a different way. Or if you changed that pattern of behaviour, what would it look like? How would life be better for you if you was to let go of a belief that is less than helpful for you? Just for today, I want you to ponder on that. Curiosity is one of my favourite words. and It's one thing I say to my clients all the time. Let's start by getting curious about how life could look different for you if you believed different things and behaved in different ways. Just for today, I want you to be curious. Thank you for being here and listening in. I am so, so grateful for this opportunity to spend time with you. I would love to hear from you about topics you would like me to dive into and you can connect with me on the socials at I am Steph Granger. So before you go, let me leave you with this final thought. Just for today, be present in your life. Engage your senses, see what you see, hear what you hear, and feel what you feel. And really notice what is right in front of you. Because one thing we truly know to be true is that we only have now. Take care. Until next time.